It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz in Texas on the campus of Texas A&M Commerce, and we are broadcasting today in front of a live studio audience. Wow, what a what a great lively crowd! I'm so glad to, to be here with you guys, and uh, we are on campus at Texas A&M Commerce to uh, honor you for your community service. We have with us our first guest, Sierra. Hi, Sierra. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great, and you are on the SAAC, or SAC, or what is that? Student Athletic Advisory Committee, basically. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You go ahead. And as a Student Athletic Advisory Committee member, uh, you'd call this student leadership, right? Right. And, and you're involved with the charities, and I hear there's a couple of cool things happening that have happened uh, with Breast Cancer Awareness and Make-A-Wish Foundation. Tell us what you do with those organizations. So basically, um, we go out at every game, like football games, basketball games, we pass a bucket, and we collect money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And, you know, that's for kids with terminal illnesses, and they have one last wish, and we try to make that wish come true. And for the breast cancer awareness, we do one for the sports. We have tackle pink for football, dig pink for volleyball, pink zone for basketball, and kick pink for soccer. And like at the door, basically, we just ask people to donate for breast cancer awareness. That's great that you're that involved with your communities. And the third thing I wanted to mention here, I just learned about this today, happens with uh, the pie in the face initiative that you have. Uh, Tell us about this. I've actually got the flyer here in my hand. Can you pie? A coach in the face, pied in the face. How does this work? Okay, so this is where we're going to have like non-perishable food items that people can get, that people need to breathe, and they are going to put them in a bucket, and the coach that has the most non-perishable food items will get a pie in the face. Basically, that's what it is. And I got to imagine that there's some uh, student athletes in the room tonight that can't wait to throw anything in, in, a, in your coach's face. And what kind of pie is this? It's the whipped cream pie, right? Probably Can so. you bring your own pie? Like, let's say you put a big wrench in it or something. I don't know if no, you can bring your own pie, good. but it'd and, be fun. And, and I've heard uh, uh, Coach Farmer is the, is the fan favorite, right? I've heard Coach Farmer is the fan favorite, the, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, so you must be really hard on these guys. So be prepared to get hit in the face with a wrench pie. Okay. Sierra, thank you so much for uh, talking to us about your initiatives here. Thank you for your community service. And uh, everybody really in the room, all all of the student athletes here at Texas A&M Commerce, give yourselves a round of applause for everything you do. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social 
technically. We thank you again for hanging with the Adam Rich Show. We are on the campus of Penn State University with head coach Bill O'Brien of the Nittany uh, Lion football team. Thank you so much, coach, for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Adam. It's been great to have you here today. Well, thank you. That's an honor to uh, hear. And, and we love hanging out with, with head coaches of big-time D1 football programs to hear about what you guys do uh, with your community service within your own area, with your own players. Right. We do a lot here. You know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on here at Penn State is to, is to try to give our guys a well-rounded education and part of that is is helping in the community so we, we work with Special Olympics we work with uh, something called lift for life which is uh, an organization that raises money for kidney cancer research uh, we work with different child abuse organizations in Pennsylvania to to help put an end to, to that horrific uh, epidemic so we, we do many many things we read to elementary schools all, all the things that you can imagine we would do uh, with, with younger kids in, in the area and uh, and and so it's it's really a, it's really a great experience for our players. When you send your players out to read to elementary kids, do you pick the guys that are six foot seven just to make an extra yeah. impact? Because you don't want a guy, a wide receiver who's five nine, to walk in. You want the guy yeah. six foot seven. No, we, we you know we mix and match, but usually uh, you know we do send some of the bigger guys over to the uh, local you know elementary schools to read to those kids because they they look up to them and they, you know they think that uh, these giants just walked into their school. So no, we 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 mix and match it though. How proud uh, are you with this new era of Penn State football with the Nittany Lion on your chest. How, how proud are you of this program and where it's heading? Well, I'm very proud to be the head football coach here, and, and primarily that's because of our players. I, I think that we have a good group of guys uh, that, that believe in the mission of Penn State, that you can balance both uh, tough football and good academics and, and do it the right way off the field and, and, and help contribute in the community like we talked about before. So I'm certainly proud. It's a great university and a, and a, and a great place to coach football, and I'm, I'm proud to be here. Now, head coach Bill O'Brien from Penn State football came from uh, the NFL ranks, the New England Patriots. How much does that help you recruiting? You know, a 17-year-old kid loves seeing Super Bowl rings and hearing your NFL stories. Well, you know, it does help quite a bit when it comes to recruiting certain positions. I would say it definitely helps when you recruit a quarterback or you recruit some of the offensive positions. I think on defense, you know, we recruit based on the tradition of Penn State, that we've always played good defense here. We have an excellent defensive coaching staff here. But but definitely the, the, the experience in the NFL helps when, when it comes to recruiting because, you know, a lot of these kids want to play in the NFL, and so that, that certainly helps. Is there a balance between you just hit the nail on the head? A lot of these kids, all of them, want to play in the NFL. When you're recruiting uh, a young man, is there a balance as a head coach to say, look, we can help you get to the NFL if that's your dream, but you really need to understand that it's a long shot and yep. you need to get that education. What's the balance between an NFL dream and reality? Well, it's it's the truth. It's what you tell them uh, every single day is that it's so important to have a great degree and what that means in your life because at the end of the day, like you just said, under 3% of all these college football players are going to go on to make it uh, in, in the NFL. And even if they do, most of those careers aren't very long. They're less than five years when you look at those guys that play in that league. And, and so, you know, what you try to preach to them every day is how important it is to study and, and to balance your academics with your, with your football because, you know, that, that's what you're going to have in your back pocket is that Penn State degree, and, and that's what you really need. 
Head coach Bill O'Brien, Penn State football, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show, and we want to wish you the best of luck here at Penn State. Well, thank you, Adam. And again, it's been uh, it's been great to have you here, and, and our players really got a lot out of your message. Thank you. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. And we continue from Warner University in Lake Wales, Florida. It's Warner University, and we are joined now by the head baseball coach, Jeff Sykes. Hi, Coach. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. And uh, Jeff Sykes, that's a, did you play baseball in college, or uh, what is your connection to baseball athletically? I played baseball at the University of Kentucky. No kidding. Yep. And I have to get, I don't care if you were the pitcher or not, there had to have been some sort of psych-out nickname, whether you were a batter, a pinch hitter, a pitcher. What was your position, and did they call you the psych-out? They didn't call me the psych-out. They called me Sykesy. And I was a third baseman. Psycho. At least it wasn't psycho. There was a couple of those from time to time, but not regularly. Well, I was impressed uh, to learn that you were the head baseball coach here at Warner University, and now that throws a whole other level into it, that you were a a baseball player at the University of Kentucky in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, baseball in the South, Division I, that's huge. It is. It is. It wasn't as strong then as it is now uh, because you had – more top-level high school players go directly in the pro ball. But it, it was still a strong level, and it was a great blessing and, and a lot of fun for me to play in, at Kentucky and in the SEC for sure. Was there any uh, players on your team or players uh, that you got to know very well throughout the, the conference that went on that we would have heard of in the major leagues? Yeah, there were plenty. I mean, I played with Jeff Parrott. Jeff Parrott had a, about a 10-year major league career with the Expos, Montreal Expos, and the Braves, uh, Paul Kilgus, uh, he pitched in, uh, in the Orioles organization in a couple of years in the big leagues. And then uh, Jeff Keener, um, just recently inducted in the Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame, he played for the, in the Cardinals organization and had a little bit of time in the big leagues with the Cardinals. That is great. All right, so Jeff Sykes is our guest, the baseball coach at uh, Warner University and a student athlete himself, baseball player from the University of Kentucky. And before we move on to what you do now with your players, um, and this might give away your age, I apologize for this question, who were some of the basketball players on the U.K. Wildcats during your time uh, in Lexington? Well, the biggest name was probably Sam Bowie. Oh, yeah. And uh, (laughs) best known for – the Portland Trailblazers passing on Michael Jordan to draft Sam Bowie. That's right. Uh, so that was he was probably the biggest name. Okay, that's yeah, that was uh, that's one of the biggest bloopers in sports. The Trailblazers passed on Michael Jordan. Uh, Sam Bowie was an awesome was college basketball player, player, and I guess his pro career just wasn't quite as good as Michael Jordan. Uh, and you could argue that nobody's career has been that good. Anyway, back here to Lake Wells, Florida, at Warner University. You're the head baseball coach, and we want to talk about community service, some of the things you do with your guys. Uh, what, what are some of the uh, service projects you have with your team? We've done different things over the years. We've worked with an organization that feeds the homeless in Orlando. We've gone up there on Saturday mornings and done that. Uh, we've done some other local things around the community. The primary thing we've done, Adam, and really we've done it for, I think, 13 years in a row, is we work with the Lake Wells Challenger League. The Lake Wells Challenger League is an arm of Little League Baseball, which provides playing opportunities for special needs kids. And so we serve as buddies, and we play along with them, and, and there's not really any umpiring, but we just 
communicate with them and build relationships and so on. We, we've done that for, like I said, I think about 13 years now. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, is this initiative uh, something that you started when you were here or something you were just uh, lucky enough to be involved with once you came here? I didn't start it. There's a lady that I attend church with. Her daughter was a special needs uh, kid, and her daughter unfortunately passed away when she was about 12 years old. And she really is the one that got it going uh, with Lakewell's Little League. And uh, just because I was with her and, and became aware, or with her at church and became aware of it, I asked her, I says, is there a way we can connect and be involved with this? So she kind of put this all together and and we started way back then, and, and we just, as we have new players, we just work them into the program. And, and I really think at the end of the day, we probably, our players benefit more from the experience than the kids they work with. I know the kids they work with enjoy it, but our, our guys grow as young men as a result of being involved in it. Yeah, I was going to ask how, how do they respond after one of those uh, events? Um, uh, what are some of the conversations within your, within your own, uh, with your players? Well, I think initially when you have freshmen go for the first time, they and they're apprehensive. They don't know what to expect, and they're a little intimidated. They're afraid of injuring the the their kid that they're working with and and not being able to communicate. But when they get there and the kids are just so engaging, you fall in love with them immediately, um, and they come away saying, I, "When can I go back?" It really is like that with our guys. Whenever we're, whoever we're choosing for that weekend to go work, I mean, they're, they're ready whenever it's their turn to go and excited to go. That is awesome. And uh, geographically, Lake Wales and Warner University, what are we, about 50 minutes south of Orlando? That, that's about right. That's about right. And uh, it's an inspiration to us to hear about your players and your team and the work you do with special needs kids. That is incredible. And we thank you for your service. And uh, I thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me, Adam. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. The Adam Ritz Show, broadcasting coast to coast. We thank you for listening from our flagship in Indianapolis, CBS Sports Radio 1430. And we'd like to now welcome our newest affiliate in Bloomington, Indiana. It's WGCL News Talk, FM 95.9 and AM 1370, WGCL Bloomington. And... We're big on Twitter. We love Twitter. It's so much fun, and it's so informative to stay uh, in touch with everybody through Twitter. Uh, we'd like to give you their Twitter handle now. It is at WGCL Radio. At WGCL Radio, our newest affiliate in Bloomington. Welcome aboard, Bloomington. This is P.J. Fleck, head football coach at Western Michigan University, and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. We're in the worldwide headquarters of The Adam Rich Show inside the studio with Jenny Anchando. Hi, Jenny. Welcome back. Hey, good afternoon. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show to talk about fitness. You uh, Just to reset for our listeners, you're a fitness expert as well as, uh, and this is totally bonus, you're a, a, a world-famous television journalist for the Fox <laughs> Network. World famous. I don't know about that, but yes. Well, my, well yeah. You're, my, we're recognized all over the place, aren't my, you? Yeah. Uh, my job is as a morning news anchor and journalist reporter, um, you know, all, all things included. So what we're going to do today is, is talk a little fitness. I want to learn more. about It's 5K season. People are training. People are getting ready to get out and get some fresh air and run a 5K. Uh, and we love 5Ks because most, if not all of them, are for charity. And uh, also we want to ask you about uh, what's trending in your world as a journalist. So 
Uh, if you can start with a little 5K advice for me, you know, I get out, I try, I try to stretch. I don't stretch that much. 5K, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It's only three miles. Uh, what's your advice right. for a guy like me? Yeah, 5Ks are awesome because it's, yeah, it kind of introduces people to the world of running, jogging, walking, just being active in general. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice distance too because if people think, okay, I've got you know 30 minutes to an hour to work out, you're going to be able to get a 5K done in that amount of time. So they're fantastic. What I would recommend usually is if somebody, even if somebody has had been, you know, jogging or running for a long time, it's nice to follow a training program of some sort. It doesn't have to, I mean, it's, it's a 5k, you know, any, most people can kind of get through it, but it's nice if you have that as a goal, if you're thinking, okay, I want to up my fitness level and I'm going to train for such and such 5k in a couple months. It's nice to come up with a training program of some sort. So for some people that'll mean walking for some people that'll be running. And for some people that will be running it faster than they've done it before. So, um, I, uh, actually the Mayo clinic is, uh, has a really, really nice training program. And what it does is it tells you when to walk, when to jog, when to run, and when to rest, which is the most important thing. Um, because the last thing you want to do when you're just getting into a training program is get injured. You know, it's almost, it, it's just so common that people are really excited and they're really overzealous and they're like, I'm going to run this 5K and I'm going to dominate and I'm going to beat my friends and beat my mom and dad or beat my kids, you know, and, and then they get into it and they're running every single day and not taking time to stretch, like you said, and not taking recovery. So the stretch is really important. Um, I think we've discussed this before how it's really controversial when people should stretch there's a new research that comes out every year that indicates stretch before or stretch after um, I typically with clients will have them do a real easy warm-up so um, that warm-up usually want it to be about 10% of what the length of the run is going to be if that makes sense so in yeah. five ten minutes for for 5k training um, and, and then you can start in on your run I typically have people stretch afterward and also stretch indoors if possible. So if you're running outside, I mean, some places right now are still really cold. It's still really cold outside. So get to a place when you're going to stretch. Um, maybe if, you know, if you can, if it's really cold outside, if you can come back in and stretch inside just so that you're not cooling down at a rapid rate, but that stretch is going to be important. And the reason why is just because you're building muscle, you're building strength as you're running and as you're going, the more strength that you build, the more likely you are to have some sort of injury because your muscles are tighter. So it's sort of a, a catch-22, but I always, you can, if you feel like stretching before, then that is fine too, but I always advocate stretching afterward. But, and then also, like I said, I, I'll post that um, Mayo Clinic training program because I really, uh, I've looked at so many different ones and this one just has an appropriate amount of rest and recovery time. And it even has a program for people who have never run before or, or ne you know, never done that before because it can sound a little bit daunting you know, mm -hmm. three, 3.1 miles, um, for somebody who's never done that before, but it's so doable. It is so doable. So it's kind of nice because you can do that. You can run, you know, run around your neighborhood for free. If you've got access to a treadmill, you can do that too. If it's still a little snowy and icy outside of where you live. Um, but that pr training program is going to kind of set you up so that it's not a huge task ahead of you. And you can just kind of go little by bit. And you're telling me that stretching is important. I, I'm grimacing hearing I you know, say that because Whenever I run, and I am no great runner, I'll, I'll go five k is my limit, you know, yeah, and I'll go yeah, in my yeah. neighborhood and yeah, I'll run yeah. three miles. It takes me a half an hour. It's mm -hmm. three ten minute miles, yep. but I'm from the mindset that I don't want to take five minutes to stretch before I start, and when I'm done, I'm done, and I go in the house, I shower, I'm done. So, um, 
Is it that important? You're killing me. Look, I have to stretch. It is. it is. You have to stretch. You you have to stretch. Yes, you have to stretch. Although, or or our next topic is going to be, Jenny, what do I do now that Adam's hurt? Yes. Well, Adam, you stay at home and you do nothing. You ice and heat and rest and recover and, you know, get lose all I the guess. progress you just made. You don't have to stretch before. And and again, like I said, a lot of, uh, I'm certified through the American Council on Exercise. Uh, I follow many of you know their philosophies but there are so many different stretching philosophies out there but i do say you need to stretch at least afterward well i hear you okay and that makes uh, a little sense and from my novice point of view i would i would say stress on um stretching before you run but i'm learning now you you want me to stretch you after i run because especially because a 5k runner typically is going to be running outside so the weather conditions can be it can be a little bit cold and like i said if you've got an injury or if you have you know if you if you feel like there's something in your body that you needs to be stretched out but stretching a cold muscle it's almost like okay so you know um I'm trying to think of the name of that, like a Gumby. Okay, you remember Gumby? I don't know, mm-hmm. do kids still oh, have yeah. Gumby? Sure. Okay, so Gumby, while he is regular Gumby, it's like you can bend him and stuff and he's awesome. But have you ever put Gumby in hot water? He gets even more awesome. He gets even more bendy. So that's sort of like your body. Like you're warming up your core temperature, you're warming up your muscles, and then they stretch in a much more fluid way. Okay. It's like when you warm up food and it all kind of melts out. Like it's a lot easier to stretch your body that way. Like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say if somebody really loves stretching beforehand, that's awesome. But I'm always about efficiency and in terms of being efficient and increasing your flexibility, you want to do it once you're a little bit warm as opposed to going out into, you know, what we've got now, 30, 40 degree temperatures in some parts of the country and stretching and, 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 you know, and then running and then getting hot and then cold and then not stretching at all. You want to do it while you're warm, like fluid Gumby. And if you're too tired to run, just play with a Gumby. That'll be That's fine, perfect. too. Yes, that's totally fine. Our guest is Jenny Anchando, fitness expert. We're talking 5K, and now let's say you're a little more expert, uh, and you've done a couple 5Ks under your belt, and then it's half marathon season, 13.1 miles. Uh, what do you say about the 13.1-er? Okay, the 13.1 is awesome. However, I, I caution about this. There are so many studies uh, that have been done that really um, can indicate some some being injury prone if you're doing a lot of these. Now, some people are runners. They were made to run. That's what their body, you know, was made to do. And it can work really well with them. I just caution people if they are somebody who starts to notice some joint pain or starts to notice, you know, I've, gosh, I'm getting shin splints. I'm getting injuries on my knees. Sure. If you really want, if you have to do that as your goal, if this, if you are passionate about the running, do it. There are just, there's a lot of other options out there in, in terms of fitness. I'm not by any means discouraging people from doing it. I've done it myself. However, I don't, I don't do a real long event like that more than once a year because this body has to last me for a long time. And it's a lot of pounding. You know, it it really is. I mean, you always want to think about longevity and you want to think about, um, you know, I mean, look look at the injuries that that professional athletes have, Mm -hmm. um, you know, later on in life. They're not running marathons. They're not running half marathons. So think about your longevity and, and really pay attention to your body. There is, I mean, you do that, but for what? You know, to prove to somebody, to prove to yourself, I get that. That's the same reason why I've done it. I don't love running, but I do want to have a healthy heart, healthy lungs, uh, you know, and and overall feel like my body is functioning properly. But as soon as you start noticing an injury, you have to take that as a cue. It's a lot to put on the body. The other thing with that is you really, it's really recommended that you follow a training program too, specifically with a group. Because when you have a group and maybe a, a coach, and often these are volunteer coaches too, um, YMCA's often have very low-cost training programs or even free training programs, and those are all over the country. Um, but it, as long as you have that coach there, that person 
can help you sort of recognize when that injury is coming and also, you know, maybe scale back on it. You don't want to think, okay, I'm going to be running 13.1 miles and you don't ever get up to 13.1 miles in your training. So you may do that maybe once or twice, but it's not like you have to run it all the time. Mm -hmm. You you typically will do two, three days during the week of shorter runs and do those a little bit faster because you're working on sort of getting your cardiovascular health up and getting your speed up. Then on the weekend, most people will do that as their long run, their endurance run. So it'll go week by week by week. Mayo Clinic also has a a training schedule for that if you don't want to do it with a group. But I do recommend, um, you know, doing that with a group just because for safety reasons, you're going to be outside most likely, um, you know, just cars and such traffic, somebody to keep you company. And then also somebody to watch out for those injuries because, um, there's no sense in, you know, proving, Hey, I can run this distance if it's going to be, you know, to the, uh, what's the word, uh, detriment of your own body. Run with a group so that when you get halfway out and yeah. you want to stop and quit, somebody else will have a cell phone yes. and they can call yes, a cab and for they you. Can say, oh my gosh, Jenny has passed out on the side of the road. And I tell you what, in all honesty, I have I have done that. Um, I have done a, ha- a half marathon where I did not train, where I was like, well, you know, I mean, I was doing other endurance activities and I survived. It was fine. If a client did that, I would not be happy with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, you know, I experiment just like everybody experiments. I wanted to see what would happen. It was not enjoyable. I got through it. And you couldn't walk for a week. Right, right. But it's like, but, but for what? So, I mean, you know, that was a while back. So you, you learn from those things and, um, (laughs) you know, it's like now I tell clients that sort of cautionary tale. It wasn't fun. You want it to be enjoyable. You want it, you know, you want fitness to be enjoyable. You don't want to leave it saying I am never running this stupid thing again. So I can tell you from experience, I mentioned earlier that I, I go 5k. That's my limit now. Mm -hmm. The reason is because I went through that phase about 10 years ago where I got all uppity and wanted to run marathons and I did two marathons and the first one was fine. The second one, I hurt my hip and it took, I mean, a year and a half to be able to just go to sleep at night, let alone go run a mile. And now here, I think seven years since that horrific marathon I tried, that ruined my hip, right. I, I can only go three miles now. And, and, and actually, I don't when like it, you anymore having heard that you did a marathon, right? It's like, I would have never even known. It's like, it's like for what do we do these things? Yeah, I, it was, <laughs> I wish I could go back and not run that second one so that I could go so run a, a 10K right now because yeah. I can't go more than three miles right now before that hip bothering me. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a very true story. And like I said, for some, some people are really made for that. Um, I'm not. That long distance running, <laughs> I am not either. I mean, if people saw me, you know, Five two, sort of built like a football player, uh, you know, like compact version. But yeah, so so long distances don't really suit my body in particular. So you know, every once in a while, sure, push it, do it. If you don't get hurt, you know, you know, then then you keep going. But yeah, it's it's a it's a good you know thing to tell people because um, you know sometimes just short and efficient is and, a little bit better. And like you said, you, this body's got to last you your whole yeah. life. So now I'm thinking, okay, when I'm seventy. I'm I'm not I'm gonna ha- I won't be able to live on a two story house because of that stupid marathon <laughs> right. I ran in 2003. Uh, Jenny Anchando is our guest, fitness expert. I saw on your website JennyAnchando.com where you're gonna post the uh, fitness yes. training for the 5K as yes. well. I'll Jenny- probably actually post on my fitness Facebook page. Because I have easier access to that. If you okay. just search on Facebook, Jenny and Chando Fitness. Okay, Jenny and Chando Fitness on Facebook. Yes. Search that out for the training program. Um, but on JennyandChando.com, I saw you're working with the Indiana Pacers. Tell us about that. Yeah, I've been doing, it's part of um, NB, the NBA's whole overall wellness get fit program. So uh, the NBA encourages 
teams all across the country to basically provide resources for the community. So it's like, you know, you're going to basketball games, you're a basketball fan, you're watching it, these guys are athletic. Okay, now let's do something for the fans. So uh, basically they brought me on as a part of Pacers Cares, which is a community effort to do free workouts for people, which I love. Um, so what I can tell because your face I'm just so lit up. Excited about it. I'm so excited about this project. This is something that I have wanted to, you know, to have materialized for a really long time because I'm just passionate about giving people free information. So um, the first workout we did is called a Tabata style workout, which is awesome because you can do the whole section in four minutes. So you can really get your heart rate up in four minutes. Um, and it's a certain amount of seconds of on time, then a certain amount of seconds of recovery time. We do four different moves and then you repeat that over four different times for a full workout. And then of course you can repeat it too. So if you go on there, um, it's on, if you go to my Facebook page, I'll post the link to there. Um, and then I think it's already up and then you can kind of follow along at home too. You don't need all the workouts too, by the way, you don't need any equipment. If there's any equipment, it's something like a towel or your floor or something like that, or sack of flour. You know, I like to do all those weird workouts like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's, um, it's free for people, which is really important. Just like the running we talked about, I, I like that because it's free because you can just go outside and you really don't have any excuses. But I think it's neat that the NBA is doing that. I think it's neat that the Pacers are doing that. They're really making an effort to, um, you know, combat obesity within their fans and, and viewers. Do you uh, have access to the players? Do they join in these workouts what kind with of you? Access? What kind of access we're talking about? Um, <laughs> no, you know, so so far what we have is we have uh, one of the pacemates, who that's their cheerleading dance squad. Um, her name's Desiree, and she is actually a fitness instructor, too. So she's featured in the videos. So she, um, and she kind of helped me come up with some of the ideas, too, like the Tabata-style workout. And then also Boomer, who is the mascot, does them with sure. us. Boomer is in amazing shape. I was a little bit nervous at first when I came up with the workouts because I wanted them to be able to show them at a really high level of intensity to show, you know, how hard you could push with these workouts. And Boomer was just, he was like right on it. Both of them were really good. So um, if people have ever been to a Pacers game, they've seen his pretty dynamic. Well, Boomer's probably more athletic than the average NBA player oh with gosh. all that stuff they do during yes. the halftime show. Yes, because he has his <laughs> whole outfit on and everything. And I was like, I was like, okay, can we try these type of push-ups? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't say oh yeah because he can't say anything because he's a mascot. But you know, <laughs> you know how it went. Yeah, it was it was actually really good. I was really impressed by Boomer. So it's fun for people um, to be able to go on and kind of try the workouts with them. And you know, then they can go to the games and see Desiree and see Boomer and be like, oh, I know them. I work out with them. Free workouts. We love yeah. the free stuff. And yeah. uh, you can learn more on Jenny's um, Facebook page, Jenny Enchando Fitness. Jenny Enchando, thank you so much for coming on again. We look forward to having We bring you on as a regular guest. You're, you're a member of the show now. I well, hope you know that. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations on your show being all over the place now, by the way. Thank you. Yes, we're, we're keeping uh, picking up markets and we're uh, now nationally syndicated. So uh, it's due to a lot of your efforts, too. So thank you so much for coming on. Jenny Enchando on Facebook and on Twitter. It's at Jenny Enchando. Yes, and also it's don't forget to stretch. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I, I already go. forgot. I couldn't go. I couldn't go without this reminder. And you know, I'll check up again next time on you. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.